2: Welcome to Kogel Wine and Film, A Perfect Pairing. I'm film critic Gary Kogel, and today we begin the process of talking through some of the best films of 2017. All the way from Baby Driver and Wonder Woman to The Shape of Water and Dunkirk.
3: And I'm wine expert Haley Hamilton Kogel. Before we talk about some of the best films of the year with perfect pairing wines to match, we recently took some time away from our perfect pairing podcast because we've had a few changes in our lives, beginning with an extended stay to the Big Island of Hawaii from Dallas.
2: Wow, that's 3,000 miles at least. Or if you're flying on American, you get about 150
3: maybe, miles. Maybe, maybe, if we were lucky. I don't think we actually <laughs> that, got that That many. wasn't
2: really a, <laughs> wasn't that really bad really of a knock. It. So uh, one of the things I love about being on the Big Island for this extended stay is, is there's a mountain on one side with snow on it? They had forty inches. It's like a thirteen thousand foot mound, Mauna Kea, and then on the other side where we live is the ocean. We can walk down to, and so you can literally snowboard in the morning and surf for the afternoon if you want.
3: To. Which you can right now because there is yeah. snow up on Mauna Kea and yeah. Mauna Loa, which is pretty amazing. You know, we've been coming here for so long, and and this move was was definitely a big one, and. And it was always so interesting every time we would come over here because it seemed like our view was always towards the ocean, and the ocean mm-hmm. is magnificent and we're looking for whales right now and watching the hanu play there's such a there's such a magical element to to looking at the ocean, but the mountains are so majestic and and I find myself looking more at the mountains now that we're here and and seeing too. the beauty of, that's really within these mountains it's such a it's such an incredible magical place and we feel pretty blessed, except we do have to drive a very long way to go to a movie.
2: It's 30 miles to the nearest movie, thing, which is a little bit of a... I'm going through withdrawal a little bit. Yeah. But we've, we've been blessed because we've been able to see just about every right, film that's out. right. So when we talk through these best films, we, we kind of know what we're talking yeah. about. But I, I agree with the mountains. And at one point, we call them, what, uh, five mountain days, mm-hmm. where you can see Maui being one of them uh, across the water and Kohala, and Hualalai, and Mauna Loa, and Mauna Kea, and, and they're all just kind of lit up right
3: now. That's pretty amazing. Yeah, it's we pretty feel, amazing. We feel very blessed, but we're also very excited to be back on and doing the podcast again, and we still are coming over to the mainland. We've, we've continued to, even though we've been here for several months. We, we've done several shows Back in back on the mainland. We had a We had
2: fun at the Arboretum. We had a
3: great event at the Arboretum. We did a fantastic event up in Woodenville, Washington with Columbia Winery. Yep. We've we've just, you know, we're I think having a, a good time continuing in this this journey of, of of beautiful wine and film So let's talk about some of these films. All
2: right, let's get to these best films. And we're, and we're gonna do this over a period of time, probably get to ten or fifteen films. But but today really, let's start at number five and work our way up to number one. So number five, I think So this
3: is just our top five for the day, not necessarily top five overall.
2: Oh, overall for the year, yeah. For oh, you 20, think that
3: this is really the oh, top five?
2: Oh, I think Ooh, so. how exciting. Well, it's my my pick, and I, these are so arbitrary. And I'm going to say this right up front. Um, when we get to the top three, I think they're interchangeable. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I change my mind about every other day. But number five, I think, is Lady Bird. I think this is just written and directed by actress Greta Gerwig, She is such a force. And, you know, I I can only think of a handful of times where a first-time filmmaker makes an Oscar-level film. And Kevin Costner did it with... Mm Dances with Wolves, wolves. Uh, Robert Redford did it With Ordinary People And won the Oscar And goes back to Orson Welles Doing it for Citizen Kane and, mm-hmm. I mean these These are Monster films I, I'm not putting Lady Bird Necessarily <laughs> Although I'd put it In the category Of Ordinary People I mean it, But it's It's such a beautiful film And it's Shursa How do I say her name Shursa, um, Shursa?
3: Like Inertia like Shursa in, Shursha 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 Ronan Shursha.
2: Yes Who is great in a, in, in a number of other films Yeah she was great In Brooklyn In Brooklyn Atonement hmm yeah, and so she's young, been yeah. nominated for an Oscar a few times, and uh, I think she gets nominated for for actually for best Actress for this. Laurie Metcalf plays her mom, and Laurie Metcalf is known as a TV actress.
3: Mm-hmm. She was in Roseanne.
2: She was in Roseanne, mm-hmm. and I, I she's been in some films. I
3: can't. Well, she she won the Tony last year though for her, and on, I am sorry, Broadway, yeah. yeah, I can't remember the the play that she was in, but she was great. Yes, and in a kind of a comedy role, and then you look at her here, and she is mean and angry.
2: She's. This is a mother daughter. <laughs> film at its core. It's yeah. really about the you know the 17-year-old uh, Ronan. It's about her in Sacramento, California. You get a sense of what that community looks and feels like. We don't see a lot of films out of Sacramento. But I think this is a... You can compare it a little bit to The Big Sick. It's this little independent movie about relationships. It's also about a mother who's just so difficult. Mm-hmm. We'll see a more difficult mother in I, Tonya, but this is oh, one tough God. mom. But she but she really loves her daughter
3: right it's just how she mothers is is she overly mothers very very difficult and and she, but she has an independent daughter that is just yearning to break free and and i think that that was i think there's a little bit of every person that wanted to have a new adventure in their life and get out you you really feel that in in this character
2: it's called ladybird and it's not about ladybird johnson <laughs> so i mean everybody in texas thinks this is all about ladybird but also tracy Letts is in this film and tracy Letts is the dad who doesn't say much he's lost his job and he's he's pretty much down for the count for a while, but he's shown up in a lot of films, and that's a, a really, really great actor. Uh, the film has made $30 million. It's only in 370-some theaters. It's barely out there, mm-hmm. so find it if you can find it in your art house movies. And I'm going to notice that there's a there's two boys in the film, high school kids. One is Lucas Hedges, who's really great, and also Timothy, how do I say his Chalet? name? Chalet, yeah.
3: I think that he's either French or Italian, so Yes.
2: Yeah. And uh, well, he's in another big film, Call Me By Your Name, and uh, and I I think it's Shemuley or something like that. Yeah, but we'll we'll get there to him. But he's really good in this film, and he's popping up like Tracy Letts. Well, in other films. and
3: and Lucas Hedges, you know, there's is who was in um, Manchester by the Sea last year. Right. He there's there's a there's a moment in this film that I think there are a couple different themes that we've seen in this and and again when we start talking about call me by your name there's there's an opportunity for with uh the these young people to to have a very negative action taken and there is such beauty and love and understanding that comes out that i just found really really endearing and i think that that kind of speaks to the whole character development of Shorsha Ronan and, yes. and how how she grows. And, you know, the one thing that I love and, She has you know, a great
2: scene with Lucas Hedges.
3: Really, really. A great scene of forgiveness. Yeah, it could have been really, really ugly. And instead, it was just really beautiful and really kind. There was such a, a, a love and a kindness. And, and you know, do you lead with love or do you lead with hate? And yeah. there was such, it was really, really, really impressive. And, and, you know, I think that there's just in seeing how, how, Somebody that wants to break free can always come. You know, always then kind of wants to go home again. I related a lot to this. I, I I saw you know various parts of this and and think I do have the perfect pairing for it. Do you do, yes, because it's you know one of my favorite wineries and and one of my favorite winemakers and I've talked about her many times on the show because I just adore her, is Melissa Burr with Stoller Family Estate up in Willamette. And you know Melissa was from Willamette Valley and kind of didn't want to stay home, didn't want to be in you know kind of wanted to have her own moment to break free and and really didn't want to be in the winemaking business. Granted, when she was growing up, Willamette wasn't as established as it is now. But you look at, at kind of how her path let her and and how she did come home and how she was the first principal winemaker for Stoller and has just built an incredible career for herself within the community that she grew up in. And and I just find that really, really... She's
2: amazing. a rock star to me. Oh, I
3: just adore She's her. She's a
2: walk, rock star winemaker. Exactly. She makes extraordinary wines. Beautiful,
3: beautiful Pinot Noir. I
2: think one of my favorite memories is sitting outside at the Stoller Winery in Willamette Valley. And with you and her, and we're just tasting the wine that she's making. And it's just stunning. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, that's, it's at its simplest and most beautiful, I think. Just really great. Oh, okay. Uh, So number five, Lady Bird. Yeah, number five, Lady Bird. So let's get to the number four film of the year. I, and I think you could put this in the top. You know, two or three probably, but I think Dunkirk is so good. It's directed by Chris Nolan, who also did The Dark Knight and Inception, goes all the way back to Memento. This film has made over $500 million worldwide, but it's back in May in 1940, and it's about rescuing those three hundred to 400,000 troops that are on the beach in Dunkirk in France, and the Germans are going to come in and just wipe them out, and they're waiting to get picked up by their own ships and saved, and nobody's showing up. And they don't have ships to save them. And there's a companion here because Churchill's back in England trying to figure this out. And that's another film. But, but... Uh and then these guys in their little boats, in their, in their yeah. little, the, in their the little community, trawlers, the, and the community, community rallies. It's almost like what happened in Houston during it the really flood. It really You was know, just everybody say that in Louisiana with a boat, yeah. came over with their outboard motor and just started going up and down streets and rescuing people because
3: the streets were were rivers. <laughs> they
2: were rivers, and they were rivers for over a week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. and 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 saved a lot of lives. Well, this is. About these little boats going over there. Mark Rylance, who's the Oscar winner for Bridges Spies, is great in this film. Kenneth Branagh is one of the commanders, British commanders in this film. Cillian Murphy is in it. Tom Hardy is so good as the pilot in this film.
3: Tom Hardy is so good in films where he doesn't speak. I don't understand. He was in in Revenant. He doesn't speak a lot, but he's great.
2: He was a bad guy. you had that mask in the Batman movie. Yeah. Yeah. And Harry Styles is in this film. What's the band he's in? One Direction. Is that One Direction?
3: I think he's broken out on his own now. Well,
2: yeah. Yeah. He's He's gone in his own direction. Exactly. And and he's he's really... And he's great. He has a great little part. He's really good. And and so there's two things going on with war films. One, you can make Private Ryan and be R-rated and in your face and body parts flying everywhere. Or one, you can do that same thing with subtlety and still be just about as scary. The soundtrack to this movie... Unnerved me so much that my heart was pounding the whole movie, and I realized there's hardly any dialogue in it, and it's from the air, and it's from the sea, and it's from the land, and, and it's about rescuing people, and, it's, and it happened, and we know the ending, which is good, mm-hmm. but boy, it's tense, and, and yet you don't, it's PG-13, you don't have to, you don't have to do all this, and I think the knock, on the, the, the knock yeah. on the film is this, it's too subtle. Nothing happens, and i'm what and i'm I'm just the opposite, okay. I think everything happens, and subtlety is everything to me in some of these movies,
3: well, and I do we did um we talked about this film when it came out on the show earlier yeah. and and think that the pairing that i had created then is still the perfect pairing now, which was was just a cup of black English tea, which which kind of speaks to that subtlety. You know, all of the, all these boys wanted to do was get home. All they needed was and they was were boys, to, and they were boys or children. I mean, literally like 16, 17, 18 year olds, yeah. and 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 they just needed they needed something, some sort of familiarity. They needed something to, to ground themselves and they found it in a cup of tea. And I just think that that is, you know, so, so, so spot on. I think even the, the character, and obviously this film has been out for quite some time, so not giving anything away, but the, the character that that Mark Rylance does save that was a pilot in one of the ships that went or one of the planes that went down, the first thing he gets is a cup of tea. I mean, there's just that's the that's kind of the English way of okay, this is your this is your comfort zone, and so yeah,
2: yeah. I, I think it'll be up for multiple Oscars. It's not an acting movie; it's a cinematography yeah, movie and editing soundtrack. movie and a directing movie mm-hmm. and a soundtrack yeah. movie. So good stuff. So number five, Lady Bird, and number four, Dunkirk. And when we return on Cogill One and film a perfect pairing, what I consider to be the top three films. Of 2017. All of them are opposites of each other. Completely different styles, different tones, three completely different films. And we will be right back. Welcome back to Kogel Wine and Film, A Perfect Pairing. And this week, it's all about the top five films of 2017. And we started with Lady Bird at number five, Dunkirk at number four. And now at number three, I just think a wonderful, compassionate film. It's from writer James Ivory. And the title of the film is Call Me By Your Name. And I know you love
3: this film. I'm so excited that we're talking about this. I've waited to talk about this. I, I really did. I loved this film. I think it's again there's such a there's such a beautiful message in this film that that i found enchanting and and engaging and i think army hammer is did an incredible job and yes this young man again that was in ladybird timothy chalamet or chalamet yes yes um just two really really great performances and 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 In a really beautiful film. It's a beautiful film.
2: If you haven't seen this film, I I just can't recommend it high enough. It's northern Italy. It's around 1983. I think it's shot in Crema. And uh, uh, it's 17-year-old Elio is the son. And he's got his parents there. And they're all intellectuals. And they're all open-minded and interesting. And they live in this beautiful farm in the countryside yeah of northern italy and this research assistant played by army hammer named oliver comes to live with them for the summer and help the help the dad in research and he's a really smart guy and he's in his what mid 20s 26 Probably. 27 sure. somewhere he's in, around he's there in school so yeah. he's you yeah. know he's and so, the uncomfortableness... It,
3: it is a very uncomfortable film, and you have to be very um, comfortable in your own um, sexuality, and your own skin. Well, not
2: only that, the age difference, but see, it's 1983, and, and the, the age of consent in Italy, in that country, was, I want to say, 15 or 16. Mm-hmm. So, there's nothing illegal going on, and it makes people feel really uncomfortable because you have...
3: Well, no. I mean, I think a college student, yeah, and, and a high, and, school and kid. high school kid, yeah. which I mean, let's face it, that's been happening um, with with male and female relationships forever. Yeah, and and right. and it's just, I think you have to there. I don't there's such an open mindedness it think is that... so
2: smart and so well written and so passionate and beautiful, and there's nothing wrong with this well, story. and it's
3: it's really it's, and it's honest. it's the Elio's character really just kind of trying to figure himself out. It's his own self discovery exactly he has yeah. his relationship with with girls boys with you know with yeah. with the world with his parents there's there's so much that he's just trying to understand and who he is because when he's asked what do you do all day he transcribes music and goes to the lake i and mean reads books. and reads books you know it's like he's he he's kind of a nerd he doesn't have a lot of his yeah. he works i mean that's just it he's he's an intellectual like you said and
2: yeah and all the other kids in his community you know they're all kind of flirting with each other and hooking up and all that kind of stuff and and they don't know what to do with him too but they all like him mm-hmm. but th- th- this is a movie that at its core, not just the relationship between the two young men, it's a relationship between a kid and his parents. Mm -hmm. And there's a scene at the end of the movie that is is worth every dime you ever pay for any movie in your life is to see this one scene. And it's Michael Stuhlbarg, who uh, you'll see in a lot of movies. He's also in another film coming up. But he plays the dad. And the mother's great, too, and I can't remember her name. But they listen to their son, and they want to guide their son, and they want to be there for their son. And they're not overlooking anything and they're noticing everything.
3: They're completely aware of everything. They're aware, that's aware of going everything.
2: everything. And he has this confrontation with his son, and I can't call it a confrontation. Uh, yeah. I think it's the most loving conversation about you be who you are. And like I can't even repeat it.
3: It makes it, me teary-eyed.
2: It's so well written.
3: Well, because again, um kind of with the the the, the reference I made earlier regarding Ladybird, there was a direction that he could have gone. He could have been very um blasphemous mm-hmm. and angry and and degrading and and critical of his child, or he could have said, you know what, I love you. Mm-hmm. This is who you are. Yeah, this is what you're going to be. Every decision is yours. Grow with it. Be be strong with it. You know, have your own conviction. And by
2: the way, I've been through it too. Yeah, he says. I, I
3: thought that there was just something really.
2: I just I, I I think this is if you, if you vote this as the number 1 film of the year it would make me happy. Mm. You know, if, if the Oscars do this, I don't think they will, but yeah. if they did, you know, some groups are calling it the best film of the year. But I think you can interchange these films. Anyway, I we we love this movie. It's called Call Me by Your Name and it is delicate and kind and generous and literally perfect.
3: Really beautiful. Yeah, beautifully really shot. beautiful. And I'm and I also have a perfect pairing for oh, it, what is it. I'm so I love this, again, love this wine. And and really in watching the film um, brought me back to to my trip to Francicordia several years ago. So where I think this took place in the northern part of Italy, north of Milan in the Lombardy region is Francicordia, around the town of Brescia um and it's kind of what Italy hopes is becoming the premium sparkling wine of Italy when we think of sparkling wine in Italy we usually think of prosecco which everybody loves a good prosecco it's nice and light and fun and frivolous and and usually very inexpensive franciacorta mm-hmm. is not franciacorta was created 50 years ago they celebrated their 50th anniversary this year to become the traditional method Produce, so made just like they do in Champagne with that second fermentation happening in the bottle, which, you know, I'm a big fan of. Right. Um, from classic Champagne grapes. So Chardonnay, Pinot Noir. They also use a little bit of Pinot Bianco in, uh, in their French Accord of Wines. From this place that I think it's like what Napa dreams it could be, it's so beautiful. Some of the the vineyards are well, they have a one of the wineries' name is Bella Vista, which is beautiful mm-hmm. view i mean it's 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 one of the most beautiful breathtaking lovely places with these vistas and these gardens and and the looking at the the mountains and it's it's really it's kind of where a lot of the the region of where French Quarter is based is where kind of all of the the great uh, designers and 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 all the all the money in Milan kind of goes there for their summer houses, and so mm-hmm. it's it's very lush and lively and expansive, and and who doesn't want to drink bubbles when you're in this kind of beautiful setting? Um, sadly, it's a lot of them aren't available in the U.S. I think that there's a big push to try to bring more more French Quarter over, but Villa Vista is one that's beautiful. Uh, Bosco is one that's, that's really lovely Berlucci was the first one, I believe, that started 50 years ago but Really, really kind of lovely, lovely wines from just a, a beautiful, beautiful place So French Accorda with Call Me By Your Name
2: Okay, from French Accorda and that great sparkler to uh, the number two film of the year, The Post It's directed by Steven Spielberg, it stars Meryl Streep It's got Tom Hanks in it it's got Tracy Letts again, who was the father in Lady Bird. It's got Bob Odenkirk from Better Call Saul and Breaking Bad, and it's got Sarah Paulson, who was the big winner for that O.J. Simpson series. Mm-hmm. And uh, but it's all about the Washington Post leading up to Watergate. So this is early nineteen seventies, and and their discovery of the Pentagon Papers, which were hidden by multiple administrations and. Basically, discovering the Pentagon Papers was finding out that we did some bad stuff during the Vietnam War yeah. to cover up a lot of things. And Tom Hanks is playing uh, Washington Post editor Ben Bradley, who ended up being in All the President's Men and, and, and that. And Meryl Streep, the first female editor of a major newspaper, Catherine Graham. You know, movies about journalism exposing cover cover-ups, like All the President's Men and Spotlight, are, are kind of legendary in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're, these are good films. I think you can put this in the same headline. I think you can put the posts. It's a little talkier than a lot of them. Mm-hmm. All the President's Men, to me, being the top. Yeah, but this is really smart stuff, and it's really smart now because because of the attack on journalism. Listen, when you do journalism right, I worked in a newsroom most of my life. You've worked in, you've worked in t- television and and to be in a newsroom that was powerful and smart and good and open-minded and honest about facts and chasing facts only and not having comments all the time right. about everything uh right. is is what this is about this is about real news not fake news and it's about the real deal
3: Well, I think it is. I think the timeliness of this because it is obviously something that took place so long ago. um but it's still so relevant. Oh, right the parallels now. now. Because because of everything that because the credibility that you have to have if you're going to if you're going to call yourself a journalist, then what does that mean? Right. And and what's the value in in investigative journalism that isn't just about uh, about trying to uh, Expose everything as fast as you can because you want to get the top headline. It's taking the time. It's understanding the importance of what you're doing, and then when you do it, you do it right. You and do you, it right, and you do it big. And, and we you know make some sure. really good ones. Yeah, yeah. There's and, and and I think that that's again, investigative journalism is not um, is not what it used to be i think it kind of everything you know film criticism isn't what it used to be it's Uh, you know being a wine writer isn't what it, it used to be and and because everyone has their opinion i think that opinions are fantastic but there has to be some credibility in what you do and and the how this is laid out and and how meryl streep's character goes through the process of 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 do you hurt your friend or do you you know or do you, you do, do you manage through a cover up you know there, there's all of these different you because know because she
2: ran in social circles right with a lot of these people that were trying to muzzle the press yeah you know the the, uh, the upper levels of government was part of her social circle right and she, and so she's her in the middle of clubs, this. right it. right and they were run by men mm-hmm. and this whole idea now that you can just look at a journalist who's really good and say hey you're fake news or you're this just by saying that and to demean that person—that's what Nixon was doing back then yeah. with the press. He hated the press. Our president now hates the press. And and to remain true to pure journalism and the greatness of what it is is—I think—one of the most important things you can talk about in our country. Mm-hmm. And it, it's re- that free press is really important when it's smart and good. When it's not smart and good, it degrades the real the whole thing. thing. It degrades exactly. the whole thing. And this is all about the real stuff. Mm-hmm. Listen, I love this movie and I I I've seen it at least twice now and I think this is great. You can once again you can switch out the post with call me by your name if you want in this next film but but I think these are great stuff. So I'm I'm all about it because it's Listen, this is classic journalism at its finest. And
3: it's what I mean, it's it's what it's it's what I believed in. Yeah, I spent mm-hmm. 20 plus yeah. years in and in television news, and and trying to to understand that, and great storytelling was 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 the backbone behind behind the whole the whole point of what you're doing, and to call yourself a journalist and to, to have the that credibility is always what's been and, important.
2: And, and 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 the sidebar here is both of us when we see it done poorly, and it's done poorly a lot. A lot. It is really demeaning to the real thing. Mm-hmm. I, I hope we all survive this. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Um, do want to just note a, a pairing for this, though yes. Though I think the discussion really is more about the film. But we we did kind of uh, get out of town right around a lot of the tragedies that, that the country has faced from Mother Nature this year. You hit on Harvey earlier, yeah. obviously. Earthquakes and floods, the Puerto Rico thing still going on. Um, Fires. Which, which takes me to Napa. And and think that the perfect pairing for a classic film like this, because it will be a classic, is a classic wine. And California Napa Cabernet is, is kind of the perfect wine to drink. And, and if ever you're going to drink uh, a California wine, and I'm actually going to expand it, was just going to talk about Napa, but I think that the fires that are still raging throughout Southern California make it completely applicable that, that we need to drink really good wine to support those communities. Um, Napa thinking wines like... like like the wineries that were affected the most on Silverado trail, like Stag's leap and it's Signorello that lost their entire, entire winery and William Hill had some damage, but also, you know, think about Schaefer and cake bread and Chateau Montalena that we love so much, but then even going down into, you know, Santa Barbara being affected right now, Sonoma being affected, you know, so much of Sonoma, everyone was so everyone was so thankful that vineyards didn't burn as much, but entire communities did and and those are the workers that that worked those vines and 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 people that had saved their entire lives to buy that house that now is just gone and hopefully they have insurance, but even if they do, how much is that really going to replace? Is it going to be able to replace their entire their entire, you know, livelihood of everything that they had in that house and that they wrapped everything into. So drink Napa, drink Sonoma, drink Santa Barbara and 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 watch this film.
2: And, and go there and stay.
3: And and visit. If you can do it, that if that you can afford nice and go thing.
2: go go there and stay. Yeah. It really supports it. And 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 you know, I, I think a lot of people think, well, they can't go there because a lot of it's burned out, and that's not no, true. No, absolutely not. No, yeah. No, and and, it,
3: and actually, because a lot of people are thinking that you can you can have a really nice time right now. You, you probably know. get some good deals. Yeah, you can. I mean, you know, restaurants that you might not be able to get into, you could actually get into right now, and 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 hotels are are open and that sort of thing. So it kind of supports the entire community. It's the people that worked in those those restaurants and yep. those hotels and, and and in the wineries
2: classic wine, classic film yeah. story yeah. yeah all right uh, drum roll please <laughs> Bum, the number one film of the year I think and this is a big surprise for me to even say this and once again I'm going to switch out all three of these films mm-hmm. about every other day it's The Shape of Water it's co-written and it's directed by Guillermo del Toro who did Pan's Labyrinth one of the best odd compelling interesting kind of like this films of the last 20 years uh, a foreign language film He also did a, a, a monster movie called Mimic He did Hellboy Which it plays on cable all the time He did Pacific Rim Which even disappointed him But this is his best film ever Even I think it's as good or better than Pan's Labyrinth It's Baltimore, it's 1962 It's a secret government facility at Which looks like a bad old hospital <laughs> It's a Cold War Research facility We're trying to beat the Russians and everything And I think the movie is Amelie, one of my favorite foreign language films, a little French film about a beautiful woman who does random acts of kindness and eventually finds something for herself. Uh, It's Amelie meets Creature from the Black Lagoon, (laughs) which was a stable of my childhood. All those creature features. So you have this odd combination of beauty and old-fashioned monster movies. And and Sally Hawkins will get nominated for best actress and I think either her or Meryl Streep or one of the, Shorsha or one of somebody's gonna win this Oscar, but it, but she's I she's think the front be nominated, runner. Absolutely. She plays a mute I want to call her a maid, but she's a, a worker. A janitor. She's a janitor yeah. and Octavia Spencer is the one that talks for her. I was all gonna the time. say she's yeah, talks, she talks, talks, talks for talk. her. And they both clean up this research facility at night. And then all of a sudden they bring this creature in, they find, and they want to they want to do research on it. They really want to do a lot of stuff to it, right. and, and they treat. And it's a creature, and it's a water tank. And the mute janitor Sally Hawkins, who's always felt incomplete and an odd creature herself because she is mute, mm-hmm. she can hear. And, but she can't talk.
3: Well, and I think that there's something. Sorry, finish.
2: And something. she falls and she yeah. falls for this creature and wants to get him out of there. It's real simple, and yet there's moments of this cinematography and beauty. And the creature is played by a guy in a suit uh, named I think it's Doug Jones, and he has been around for years in movies. He was in one of the, the creature in Pan's Labyrinth, and he's he's kind of like Michael. Uh, he's he's kinda like Andy Serkis is in uh, Planet of the mm-hmm. Apes movies. He's always playing... Character, Some, you know, he did, you know, who did Gollum, mm-hmm. but playing the, a, a character from these movies and 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 creating a real living breathing thing, and uh, so she falls in love with a water breather.
3: Well, uh, but I think that there's something, you know, I think that people, uh, the the characters around her think that because she can't speak that she's dumb, and and right. so she's immediately put into they a make a point early in the film, yeah, and and make her feel. Lesser and inadequate because she because she can't speak, and so here's something that she can form a connection with that that also can't speak, but is very smart, and and to be able to figure out a way to communicate is is really so beautiful.
2: And she communicates by playing music. Yeah, she brings a little you know thirty three and a third record player in there, and she delivers some hard boiled eggs. Mm-hmm. And they connect through food and music.
3: <laughs> and there's a Richard Jenkins is in this and yeah. plays her neighbor and and one a, of the great characters. Actors a funny, actors of the exactly, world. and a and a funny little part, um, kind of, and helping her through through some of her escapades with this uh, with this creature. And and how she does end up saving him, and it's the, I think every role in this. Octavia Spencer's great. Richard Jenkins is great. I think they all get nominated like for an Oscar. Is great. Michael Shannon is a bad guy. Is the is bad great. guy?
2: Yeah, he is, um, and he's a racist. Yeah, and he's a racist because he believes the Bible tells him to be that way. Right. And and, and does... they discuss this in this movie. It's really interesting. Uh, I, I I'm I'm all for this movie. I they you know they're. It, I can't get the Amelie and Creature from the Black Lagoon uh, parallel out of my head. It's also a, a real unlikely pick. I think this gets more Oscar nominations than any film this year. I don't know if it'll win Best Picture, mm-hmm. and I, I don't even know if it deserves it. But it's just my pick. And I, I it, there's some real beauty here in its oddness. And I don't want to avoid one thing. This is an R-rated film. There's some, there's some uh, nudity in it early. There, there's. Um, you know, and she not only falls in love with him, but runs off with right. this creature. Yeah. And they they have that discussion about that.
3: How does that happen? How does that happen? How, do, how does your relationship work exactly? Yeah, I mean, it's, <laughs> and
2: it's really interesting. This is very much an adult film. It's mm-hmm. not a kids film, but but it's just so darn honest. Mm-hmm. You know, I I am I, I, really when you think of Beauty and the Beast, this the animated classic, and then their live action of this year. There's some odd things there too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know how
3: does romance happen with a beast how does romance
2: happen with a beast you know? isn't he kind of hairy you know this <laughs> this guy's got gills and he's underwater and he's got weird eyeballs <laughs> and he's got you know he's got gills and fins and i i am I'm, I'm in love with this film i think the shape of water is just a, a real unlikely thing that comes along in a year where not one film is really surfacing above all the others Pardon the pun, but but this is just and The Shape of Water is a great title to mm-hmm. a movie. It's got a great music score, cinematography, editing, sound effects, uh, acting. I mean, there's four, there's three or four Oscar nominations in acting, I think, for this movie. So, anyway, that's my take.
3: Well, and if you're going to pair something with The Shape of Water, obviously he is a, a water creature who who lives in salt water. They they kind of make a point to 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 the concoction of of. Of, of like algae and, and seaweed and such and salt that they, they put in this bath for him. So have a briny wine. Alvarino comes to mind. A yes. Muscadet comes to wine from the Loire Valley, something really kind of crisp and light, but also kind of salty and briny to, to pair with your briny creature. So I'm an
2: Albarino fan. I,
3: you love a good Albarino. And Rios Brazos, you know, the North, North, the West Coast of Spain and Galicia, fantastic Albarinos. You introduced me to
2: that one because you came back
3: from, yeah, from I, a trip
2: from there, and I'd, it's a wine I'd never heard of. I'd really, never, I'd never even thought about it. Yeah, and now i I search every I them. search every menu for mm-hmm. it, and you'll see it. I, I saw it on a menu in here. Yeah, there's a Hawaii. lot
3: of it. and and it's great because they've made a big push to to get the the just the the different. Cadella is another one to get the different um, Spanish varieties that. Yeah that um, have such great character. There's a lot of Aromatics in them, you know. It's great white flowers, lots of citrus, very high acid. Um, also, really intense minerality. If you think about how in Riespopchus, how so many of these these old Albarino vines that they grow into pergolas, and you literally pick the grapes as they fall down from the pergola. Now those are
2: tall pergolas.
3: They're they're held up by these big granite stakes. There's just granite throughout all of these soils, and they create these big granite stakes to To hold up these vines as their trellis system, and, and that that granite that comes through in the wine. We've talked about Alberino a lot yeah. on the show, and, and I am obviously a fan, and 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 it's because you get this this earthiness and this intensity and this really kind of clean um, salinity that that I think makes it a really really interesting wine. It's 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 a perfect hot weather wine. Okay, so it's a perfect Lawrence of Arabia wine.
2: Let's watch this movie, The Shape of Water, again, and let's drink an Napa. I think can I we think do that? We should
3: absolutely.
2: Okay, love. coming up next week on Cogill Wine and Film: A Perfect Pairing, uh, the best of the rest of 2017, including Baby Driver and the movie Get Out, and three billboards, and a movie we're both infatuated with because we like her and we like what the movie says it is. Wonder Woman.
3: There's a lot of love in movies this year. There's I a lot think of there's, love in There's, 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 there's a lot of
2: girl power, too. There's a
3: lot of girl power. There's a lot of love. And I know that, that when, and I just digress for a second, I know that, as we've talked about before, when a f- film comes out, that release schedule has obviously been planned well a- ahead of time. But we're seeing, we're seeing reactions that I think speak to what this country needs, that strong women And it's a lot of of kindness and love and tenderness, which I think hopefully makes, makes this year... A, a, a little bit, And that better. started
2: with Wonder Woman early yeah, in the year. It did, because really that was did. early in this
3: year. Okay. For more on the wines and films we've talked about on today's show, please check out our blog on cogillconsulting.com or through Facebook. Be sure to follow Gary on Twitter at Gary Cogill. And to see what we're drinking now, follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Dallas Uncorked.
2: And with that, I'm Gary Cogill. And as usual, I'm looking for the next great film.
3: And I'm Haley Hamilton Cogill, always in search of a great glass of wine.
2: Join us next time on Cogill Wine and Film
0: Go to snhu.edu today to start your free application.
1: Whether you're making the same breakfast that you have every day or baking a cake for an extra special day, eggs are a staple in our diets. Eggland's best eggs are nutritionally superior to ordinary eggs, containing more vitamins and 25% less saturated fat. Not only are they better for you, but Eggland's best eggs taste better too. There's a reason that they're America's number one eggs – Visit egglandsbest.com for additional information and delicious recipes.